Hello and welcome to How About Them Huskers. My name is Will Miller Francesco, and I'm joined, as always, by my grandpa, Husker Dan, from Husker Max, in the beautiful city of Omaha, Nebraska. Grandpa, how are you doing this fine Sunday? Uh, I guess it's still Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon for you. It's a weird time difference where we're recording, but uh, how are you doing this? How's this week been? Uh, You enjoying the March Madness games? Yeah, I love it, love it. We woke up this morning here in beautiful Omaha, Nebraska, with a couple of inches of snow on the ground. So that's it is spring. So, but it's Nebraska. yeah. Well, that's probably from us. That that's what happened yesterday. I woke up and it was snowing, and it wasn't predicted to snow at all. And it wasn't snowing the night before at like eleven o'clock. So it just dumped snow. <laughs> so I assume that so, probably went over to you guys. So you got to see um, one and a half. Uh, games, uh, the tournament game in, in Denver last Sunday, right? Right. It was, well, we got to see, I mean, let's see, we we saw Gonzaga TCU, we saw half of that game, and then we saw Creighton and Baylor, which was a very good game. Uh, of course, Creighton is the team that uh, you and I, Grandpa, will be pulling for in this tournament, and uh, they're yeah. playing today at 1220, actually, 1220 Mountain Time, I should say. Right. Um, they're playing against uh, San Diego State, who upset Alabama uh, on Friday night, and so, I mean, we could have seen a Final Four uh, Canada. I don't. I mean, this this tournament got blown wide open. There's no one one seeds left in the Elite Eight. It's uh, yep. any anyone's tournament right now. So, Crane's playing really well. So we'll have to see where it goes today. But um, just uh, really, know, really I, always. It's it's it's. it's this is probably. I was I was talking with my mom about this last night. That uh, this is probably one of the most fun March Madness tournaments we've had in a long time. Just with there's so many upsets, so many teams that you never thought would make the final four. Like FAU made the final four yesterday. Yeah. First time in yeah. school history, like that yeah. as a nine seed, that is, that's nuts. You know, it's usually a lot of one through four seeds in the final four. Last year you had North Carolina as an eight seed, but uh, really they started playing better at the end of the year. They, they, they weren't exactly an eight seed. I, I, w- I didn't think FAU was really that good of a team, but turns out they are. They, and a lot of the kids are sophomores apparently. So they'll be back next year, probably as a higher seed, I'd imagine. But um, well, yeah, I- just really fun tournament. I, I made a comment earlier. I watched, I didn't, I probably watched every game, but not every minute of every game. It's impossible. Yeah, same. <laughs> but I made the comment uh, kind of midway through. I says, there doesn't appear to be any like dominant team that, oh my gosh, you're just going to dread pl- playing. I uh, The the parody in uh, in basketball this year is is amazing. Now, San Diego State comes in with a great defense, and and it's going to be a challenge for Creighton today. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I it's just crazy. It, it is March Madness living up to its name, one hundred percent. Yeah, definitely agree. De- definitely agree. Um, and then let's talk a little Husker women's basketball. So on the on the basketball subject, um, yeah. the uh, women's season came to an end uh, at last Friday night. Uh, against Kansas State, or I shouldn't say last Friday, I should say Friday night against uh, Kansas uh, in the Super 16 of the WNIT tournament. They lost 64-55. It was within five late, uh, and then Kansas just hit some free throws to widen that gap. And, I mean, Nebraska beat this Kansas team in, what was it, double overtime earlier this year? Overtime, at least, yeah. Yeah, I think think it might have been double overtime, but that was in Pinnacle Bank Arena, so the nine point swing, you can see the home court advantage and what that, the impact of having that WNIT versus a neutral site game where this is, I mean, it's still a close game to be honest with you, but I uh, really kind of uh, getting to the super 16 of the WNIT. I feel like 
kind of proves that Nebraska probably would have done okay in the NCAA tournament. Maybe it depends on what seed they would be, but like, as, as we've talked about before, they didn't play well enough to deserve a spot in that. So well, they, just good they, for them. And then Sam Hybe, who was supposed to have not been able to have played the whole season because of a, they thought it was a severe uh, ankle problem turned out that it wasn't as bad. And so she got to play most of the season, which was great. But she was injured in the, the win over Northern Iowa uh, and then didn't play in the Kansas game. And then they're down. Allison Widener was out for the season. So they yep. really came in there. You know, it's like I, I think the girls did great. The amazing, amazing. They won two games out of three. And, um, you know, it's I, I feel bad that you come down to a playoff game. And you don't have some of your horses there. You lose you lose Sam just at the you know the game before the Kansas game. So I don't. It's it's too bad. Yeah, yeah. I know it does. In in like as as we were, t- I was I was talking about this last week that if Nebraska wants to go far in this tournament, or I was talking two weeks ago before we play when we do whenever we did the Northern Iowa preview, uh, I was talking about how Nebraska is going to need depth if they want to go far in this tournament. And when you get injuries like that, and you already have the Allison yeah. Widener injury. Uh, and then Sam Hybe gets injured in that uh, UNI game, like you said. Uh, it's just really hard to beat these teams like a Kansas, uh, like some of these other good teams Especially that are in the WNIT. They're playing yeah. at Kansas. Yeah, correct. You're gonna you need everything that you have, and it's not you. I mean, Josh Shelley and Markowski and Izzy Bourne played great, I thought. Um, and so, I mean, it's going to be a question on if uh, Jazz and Izzy are going to return to Australia. Yeah. next year because yeah. i think if the core of this team returns you get hybe healthy you get widener healthy for the majority of the year well, hybe is, is gone you're right yeah, you're right yeah. thank you uh, but if you get widener healthy um this team could again challenge for the ncaa tournament i don't know but it's yeah. really going to hinge on jazz shelley and izzy born coming back because they're the core of that team markowski has been playing amazing but she can't do yeah. it by herself if right. both those, if if both uh, Shelley and Bourne are both gone next year, I don't think that that's going to be something realistic. It might be have to be a rebuilding year for Nebraska. Well, and it, it, we've talked about Britt Prince before. She is being, uh, she's highly coveted uh, girls uh, high school basketball player. She's a junior this year. She'll obviously be a senior next year. She is uh, being recruited by thirty five schools. She just was named. Uh, to the uh, uh, all area, Omaha area um, first team basketball. She's the, she's the team captain, by the way. And if people don't know who Britt Prince is, uh, she she leads uh, she leads the I, I think all of of of, uh, of uh, uh, high school basketball here in the state. She's a Gatorade Player of the Year, by the way, too. Field goal percentage is. Uh, three-point percentage, she's .467. That's insane. Free throw percentage, over 90, almost 93%. Assist per game, 6.2. And she's fourth in rebounding average at 8.6 rebounds a game. Uh, I'm not saying that – I think Amy could build a team around Britt Prince. I think she is that good. So I'm I'm hoping – uh, and, yeah, from uh, what I've seen, just from film, because I mean, you brought Britt up to me. Let's, I, I want to say a year ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. and we probably talked about her on the podcast a year ago. I don't remember. I know we definitely talked about her a lot last week. Um, but I mean, just from what I've seen, she's a very, very good player, and I, I mean, I totally agree with that take. I think that Amy Williams could build a team around Britt Prince. Uh, she could. Yeah. I, she. I think she might be better than Jazz Shelley is right now. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah. that is a huge, huge get. If Nebraska can get her, which is, I mean, when it's really going to depend a lot on how Nebraska does next year, which is looking to be a problem. Uh, so that's why I think it's important that Jazz Shelley and Izzy Bourne, uh, whatever their decision is, is going to decide the fate of not only next year's Nebraska team, but also this Brett Prince decision of where she's going to go. So we'll have to see. Uh, I mean, as, as you have on here, she's being heavily recruited by 35 schools. So yeah, she doesn't have, she, there's, there's no lack of offers for her. She can go wherever she wants. Um, and I think she probably will. I don't think it's going to be a, Oh, I'm from Nebraska. So I'm going to go to Nebraska. That might be part yeah, of it, yeah. but it's also, I want right. to succeed. I want to play in the WNBA. Um, I imagine is probably her goal, but um, I don't well, know, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I get a feeling, and I, you know, don't put a gun to my head, but uh, that I think, I think Britt would like to stay closer to home. Her mom is uh, is her basketball coach at uh, Elkhorn North, uh, and her mom played for Midlands College in Fremont. Um, you know, I don't know. There, there are a lot of things that go into that. Selfishly, I, I hope that she comes to Nebraska so we can see her play. Um, that would be that'd be awesome. She's I've I've been to one of her games and I've seen a bunch of them on television. Um, she's an amazing player. And I gotta hand it to Ann Prince, her coach. Uh she's done some stuff there that uh is really, really uh you don't see. And we'll we'll talk about that at another date. But uh anyhow, yeah. that'd, that'd be great. You want to talk about Husker volleyball? Briefly. Yeah, let's touch on that real quick. I don't know how much we need to really say. Uh, besides, Maddie Kubik uh, was selected to play in the Athletes Unlimited Volleyball Draft. Um, or not The Athletes Unlimited Volleyball League is basically what it is. She's the number six overall pick, and she's going to start playing in Mesa, Arizona uh, this fall. So I think those ga- that is, I think, the biggest pro women's volleyball league. I I, I'm not – it's not – I, I said it could be. Oh, I don't know. Okay. I, I'm decently sure just because I've seen that name before on television and there's not a lot of pro volleyball televised. So my guess is that's the highest league, which I mean, kudos to her. She's a great player. Great place to end up for her. Yep. Um, she definitely loves playing. She has, she has the passion. She has the talent. So uh, I've decided to see what she can do. Maybe I'll, I'll check that out maybe this, this fall, but we'll, we'll see that it competes with football. So <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, anything you want to say about that real quick, Grandpa? Or do you well, want to- I, I just did some research and, and her, her boyfriend, I guess you could call it is uh, Brent Banks, who was a former Husker, uh, offensive. He played a lot of special teams, uh, and he's from Texas, uh, and they both have graduated from UNL. I don't know what, what happens after that, if they get married or whatever, but, but, uh, I thought that was kind of interesting there. I mean, Maddie, you'd have to marry or, date somebody who's taller than she yeah <laughs> that's a good point that's a good point yeah so, uh, Husker, former of Husker offensive line player is probably a pretty good option there so. yeah 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 so anyhow let's we can talk about baseball because that ties into football and we yes. got about the jet award coming up so there's there's a lot of stuff we got to get through and not a whole lot of time yeah um well, I mean Husker baseball they kind of slipped off a little this week. We talked about the UNO loss. We talked about the Nickel State loss, uh, I think, on uh, – yeah, that would have been a week ago, yes. So we talked about the UNO loss on March 14th, and they lost to Nickel State uh, 10-7 on March 19th, and then they lost to Creighton in the ninth inning. Uh, not on a walk-off, I don't think. Wild um, pitch. I, wild pitch. Wild pitch, right, right, right. Thank you. Um, 6-5 
on that Monday, and we talked about that a little bit, that they needed to win that one. And then they got into Big Ten play against Illinois. They beat them 8-4 on Saturday and 8-3 yesterday on Saturday. So, yep. uh, I mean, I'll take it. They're 13-7-1 they're as of Saturday. Um, and you have this little stat on here. Uh, in, in 2005, in Nebraska's last College World Series appearance, uh, Nebraska was 19-2 and through their first 21 games. They're 13-7-1 and through their first 21 games this year. Um, you'd like to see that pick up a little bit. They play today against Illinois. I imagine they'll win that game just because they've been dominating uh, Illinois these past two days, so I, I don't think anything's going to change. Um, but Friday's game had a really, really big attendance because a Husker recruit, Dylan Raiola, uh, tweeted to get all the players were going, like all these guys were going. We talked about this before. Matt Rule has, uh, he has this point system with all these guys competing uh, in teams of like, oh, if you go to these Husker sports events, you get points for that kind of stuff. And uh, and then Dylan's tweeting that stuff out. Dylan's going, he signed autograph posts for pictures and all that kind of stuff. So I think you and I were talking about uh, a couple weeks ago when we talked about Dylan, uh, whenever we last talked about Dylan uh, in depth, um, you and I were talking about how I don't know if he's going to like being the spotlight of attention and all this kind of stuff. He seems to like it because he's yeah. going to these games, tweeting it out, signing autographs they're imposing for pictures. So he's not going to be doing that if he doesn't like it. He's not going to be tweeting out that he's going if right. he doesn't like it. Um, and he's been at some women's basketball games before. So, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty interesting to see what happens here uh, with, with Dylan. He, he did schedule a – official visit his first official visit to georgia on june 2nd uh so i i mean it's i think the narrative of he is a silent commit to nebraska sean callahan was talking about this on their husker online podcast uh he was talking about how uh some people think that dylan's a silent commit because dominic played there and uh and donovan's there right now coaching um so I mean, I think that narrative's gone that uh, he wouldn't be scheduling an official visit to Georgia just to be just to do that. You don't schedule. He, he's had official unofficial visits there. There's no point in having the school pay for it and set everything up and that kind of stuff if he's not going to actually consider it. So he hasn't had an official to Nebraska yet. He hasn't announced if he's scheduled one yet. He was he's at Nebraska right now as as right. we, as we speak. He's there this weekend with a lot of other uh, with uh, the guys we we're talking about last week. Uh, with uh, Wingo and uh, oh, I forget the other guy, the linebacker that's also a five star. Yeah, um, I forget what his name was, but um, they're they're there this weekend. There's about 25 kids there, I think. Uh, well, maybe that be, that might be high. I think there's there's over dozen. there's the, what a couple of dozen recruits. Yeah, there. yeah. There's quite a bit uh, for for spring practice stuff. So he was at. When you think about that. You think about that. That Matt Rule has been on board for like four months. And he yeah. draws that kind of, and he has, I think there are four or five, five-star players in town over the weekend, but who else yeah. does that? It seems to me that Matt rule is a working his tail off. I don't think there's any argument on that, but I think he's being very effective. He's getting, he's getting player. I know you're not going to get all players to sign that. That's, that would be foolish to think that, but to get, to be in a position that you, those kids want to come to see you, somebody has to be doing a heck of a sell job there. And I don't mean sell job, but a promotional job. So, yeah. I, I mean, he hasn't coached a game yet, but holy cow. Yeah, I mean, and if this team performs this year, 
we could be seeing some really highly touted recruits starting to come to Nebraska yeah. just because they're like, wow, we they went from three and nine, four and eight to if we just make a if we make a bowl game at seven and six, eight and eight and five, that is a massive turnaround for a first year. And I think kids will see that and be like, wow, he's doing something special here. I want to play at a high level and they want to get to the NFL. That's the whole point. That's why kids want to that's that's the whole point of college, really. Uh, is to get notice for the NFL and get into the NFL. You play well in college. You play against good opponents. You play for a good team. Uh, I think that's most important to a lot of these kids. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, if if Rule turns this program around really fast, you could be seeing some – I mean, Nebraska could be on the rise very, very quickly here. Um, and I'm not yeah, – I, I, I don't want to be – I don't want to be overly optimistic about yeah. this, um, and I don't want to be un, unrealistic uh, in, in what I'm saying. But I genuinely think that – if Nebraska turns their program around this year, you make a bowl game, you win the bowl game, uh, somewhere along. You just, I think you need to have a winning record. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I think making a bowl game should be, if Matt rules, like if his job security is like, like make a bowl game should be his like bonus. Like if you get the, like you make a bowl game, get a little bonus or whatever. Yeah. That should be his thing. But for recruiting wise, I think Nebraska, if they make a bowl game and they're six and six, they need to win the bowl game. Yeah, uh, just for the yes. winning record, just for being over yeah. 500 after being so far below 500 for these past five years, you need to win that bowl game if you make it. If you're seven and five going into the bowl game and you lose, fine with me. Still a winning record. I just you need a winning record if you want to get these recruits, and it is going to be vastly, vastly important to see well, what happens this season. I I think this might be one of the most important football seasons that Nebraska's had in a long time. Well, and it, people will talk about, you know, this is a rebuild, and I don't think so. And I don't think the coaching staff, once they got here and they saw the talent, I think they feel that that there's a lot of talent there. They just have to mold them and put them in the right spots. Uh, but I don't think this is a rebuild. I think it's a, an adjustment. And, uh, and it seems to me that Matt Rule and his staff are, are making those uh, adjustments. And uh, it's going to be really exciting. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait for the season to begin. I think it's 165 days till kickoff. I think that's what I was yeah. thinking the other day. Yeah, spring game's 27 days away. Yeah. So we'll see. For that. I'm trying my best to make it out for that. So we'll see. We'll let you guys know if 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 we're both going to be there so that you guys can say hi to us if we're there. But uh, anyway, um, do you want to talk about the Jet Award real quick? I know we kind of skimmed over that. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, this, you kind of brought this up to me, so I'll leave this to you. Yeah, I talked with Johnny Rogers a couple of days ago. I know they have that uh, the Jet Award that's coming up on April 13th, which I believe is a Thursday night. It's going to be at the Baxter Arena here in Omaha. And they, they're hoping that they can raise, you know, $500,000. And what happens is that Metro Community College will match whatever money Johnny and the Jet Award uh, raise, and that goes to scout most of the money. I think Johnny said 99% of the the uh, money that is raised goes towards scholarships to Metro Community College. And that's for a lot of uh, probably some disadvantaged kids who who can't, uh, you know, who, who can't get into a, a major university. Um, they can go to school here and 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 uh, and be successful in their lives. So I think it's it's a great thing. Um, uh, they're going to be some. <laughs> you and I should be at this thing. Um, Kellen Wil Winslow, who was a tight end from Missouri, is a great player. Played it for in the NFL for the uh, San Diego Chargers. 
He's going to be the guest speaker, but they're going to have Tom Osborne, Eric Crouch, Mike Rozier, Trev Alberts, Tommy Frazier, and Jerry Murtaugh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So you're going to have three Heisman Trophy winners there with Rozier, Crouch, and Rogers. And it's like, holy cow. Um, and the, the, the tables aren't cheap. I mean, they're, I think they're 2,500 bucks a table of 10, but they also have, I, I don't know if this is for the first year, they have a couple of thousand, uh, seats that are not on the main floor, uh, for $29 a pop. So you could still go there and be part of maybe history. And, um, so I don't know, I, you can get, get down to the jetaward.com and uh, learn more about it. Um, so I don't, I'm, I'm excited about that. And you think about it, Omaha has two, it has produced two players who are dominant in their field. And now they have awards named after them. They have the Remington Award, which is named after Dave Remington. <clears throat> he won the Outland Trophy two years in a row. And then the Jet Award by Johnny the Jet Rogers. I mean, I don't know. This continually amazes me. All the great athletes and great people for that matter who come out of the city of Omaha from Gail Sayers to Bob Gibson to I mean you can name you can go on Eric Crouch uh Johnny Rogers uh Marlon Briscoe another great one just coming from this the city I, I don't know people don't understand how few people there are in this state we're still less than two million people in the whole state when I lived in Southern California I could go on the San Diego freeway in about 10 minutes, see more people than that. I mean, but yeah. understand that it's, it's crazy. So I'm excited. I'm pumped up for Johnny and uh, hope people come out to that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I mean, I would love to, I mean, it's really short notice, but um, we'll, I, I, I would love to come out for that someday if they, if they bring in guys like that. But uh, I mean, you get, you get Tom Osborne, Eric Crouch. I think most Nebraska fans would be like, Oh, I'm coming. And then you start listing all yeah. these other names. You get Tommy Frazier and Mike Rozier is like too much. Like, Whoa, what? Like that is, I mean, not too much. I think that'd be amazing. But uh, like, that's just, that's just uh, really great that they were able to get all those guys to come. Their schedules all lined up and, and everything. But uh, yeah, really, really uh, excited for, for that just to see all those guys together. But uh Let's move on to some actual current Husker football. They started spring practice uh, Monday, March twentieth, at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and uh, I, I was uh, I watched Rule's press conference after the first day, and someone asked him, like, "Oh, what time's practice usually going to be?" And he was like, "Oh, like this is a weird one, just because uh, he he said that he uh, went to bed at one the night before." And woke up at four fifteen, just because he not because he was he was just so excited to get these guys on the field because he he said that um, this is probably one of the, he's it, well we were going back to what we were talking about about the talent that rule and all these in the coaching yeah. staff sees here that's already at Nebraska he said that this is the most talented quarterback room he has ever been in and he's coached in the NFL so. I mean, the Panthers didn't have a great quarterback when he was there, but still, that's the NFL guys, uh, and he, he's saying that these kids at Nebraska are probably some of the best uh, that he's ever been around. And so he was talking about getting just – he was excited, so he wanted these guys to just be out there 6 o'clock in the morning, just kind of get back into it. Um, and But he said the practices usually are going to be around 8, but 8.45-ish or something like that, 7, 7.45, 8, something like that. Uh, but he just wanted to get them back into it after, especially after you get spring break 
and then you kind of need to get back in the rhythm of it. But uh, and then I was also watching Heinrich Harburg talk to the media a little bit after the practice, and he said he they were like, oh, was it weird? Was it like hard to wake up early this morning? He's like, well, I've been working up at six o'clock in the morning to lift yeah, for the past yeah. like month. So he's like, this isn't hard at all. But um, yeah, what do you? I mean. We talked about the recruits there already, but what are your impressions from what you've seen? Press conferences, film from practice. What do, what do you what are your takeaways from the spring practice that we've seen so far here, Grandpa? It seems like uh, the kids are buying into the new coaching staff, and you know, credit the the players. I mean, they've been through a lot of different schemes, several head coaches, uh, some of them, and you know that they still hang in there and they are. They are, I think they're buying into to Matt Rule and his and his uh, assistants. Um, I, that it seems, and I know it's, it's only one week of practice and so on, but it seems to me that they're buying in. And I think, I think the the coaching staff has come into this gig and not thinking that they know everything or that there isn't talent there. And I think the attitude that that's something that. Uh, uh, that uh, Josh Banderas uh, pointed out when we interviewed him a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm really excited. And and they they first of all Terry Keneally, uh, he was a former D lineman for Nebraska, great player out of Hyannis, Nebraska. And I've been to Hyannis, so we're anxious to get him on our podcast because he's uh, we just had some uh, schedule conflicts, but he's going to be on. His son was offered a preferred walk on. Uh, and so he's going to be playing for the Huskers. And I, I texted Terry the other day. Uh, I said, you got to be really proud and excited that your son is going to be following in your footsteps. And he says, absolutely. So we're going to get him on here in the next few weeks and uh, and uh, learn more about uh, what that process was like. Uh, and then <laughs> you got a kid out of your neck of the woods, Fort Collins. What do you know about uh about Gage Ginther, yeah, I talked yeah. to – so I'm friends with some of the kids that play football for Fossil Ridge, which is uh, – Fossil Ridge High School, it, it's right here in Fort Collins. It actually would be my neighborhood school if I wasn't going to the school I was now. Um, and so, yeah, Gage Ginther, he plays offensive line. He's 276-6. Um, he, was, he would be committed to Nebraska in this next recruiting class. He's the class of 2024. And, I mean, he's had he's got offers from Tennessee, uh, Oklahoma, like all these crazy places that are – at a much higher scale than Nebraska. We'll see. I, I think he was, I was listening to, uh, I, mean, I already talked about the Sean Callahan Oscar online thing. He was going through these recruits and he was talking about, they talked to Gage Ginther when he was there this, uh, this week. And he said that and Gage said that uh, only it, like everyone, everyone in Colorado is talking about uh, Deion Sanders at CU. So it's going to be kind of hard for Nebraska to pull him away from that just because uh, I mean, again, I think, Going back to my original point that I made earlier, this season is going to matter a lot. If Colorado plays terribly this year, I think the recruits aren't going to come just because it's Deion. Not recruits are coming to see you right now because it's Deion Sanders. There's all this hype. He's had the success at Jackson State, uh, which is honestly not. It's not that. It's not in a. It's a D1 school, but it's not part of the NCAA. It's part of the S the SWAC or whatever. I don't. I. I. I it's weird the way it's organized, but. There's less teams, less competition. Like the level is not going to be the same that he's seen. I'm not saying he can't coach. And I'm not saying that Jackson State team was a fluke, that he was good at coaching. That team was good. They had some really good players. He got a five-star to sign on with them. 
So uh, kudos to him for that. But uh, it's going to matter a lot what happens with these two schools to decide where some of these kids go. But uh, Gage Ginther is definitely a huge get or would be a huge get for Nebraska next year. He is a very, very good player. I mean, when you have an offensive lineman be called the best player on your team, and you have a quarterback, <laughs> and they—they, they, I mean, Fossil also has a quarterback who's around six six or something like that, uh, named uh, Tyler Kubot, and he's going to Longwood University to play football on a scholarship in in Tennessee, uh, which Longwood is a D two school, I believe, or maybe FCS. I don't know specifically, but uh, still, when you have an offensive lineman called your best player, and you got, um, and and you have other guys that are going to play college. Uh, college football somewhere that is that's huge so uh, and, and we'll you, have to see and and you wonder um what a, a player like dylan riola will do to the gage ginthers of of the of the world uh yeah does gage say holy cow i could be blocking for a future hall of fame quarterback um versus going to play for Deion sanders in his first you know uh power five opportunity. Yeah. Uh, I, I it, it's, you can't underestimate what a, a player like Dylan, what impact he can have on getting other recruits. And you and I've talked about that for months. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and we talked about it. We talked about it more in the context of, I think Gage is a four star recruit. I want to say, um, if I'm remembering correctly from what they showed. And uh, I, I mean, it's it is what it is. Uh, if if we talked about it before, as you said, if Dylan Oyola comes, it's going to be a huge plus for these other recruits and a huge reason that they want to come and play for us, especially the offensive guys. And then, but if he doesn't come, it's not a huge disaster. We can still focus on these other recruits coming there. I don't think that they're going to be. If Dylan doesn't go here, I'm not going here. I don't think that's how any of this recruiting stuff works. Um, but it definitely is a reason. If he does come, if Dylan does come to Nebraska, it definitely is going to change the balance in some of these recruiting races, but we'll see. I mean, Dylan hasn't announced anything yet. He, I mean, as we said, official visit, but that doesn't mean anything. I imagine he'll take an official visit to Nebraska. It's just a little bit harder. I would guess. I want, I wonder if he wants to take one while we're playing. Um, I don't know. I know he was at the spring game last year. Um, and that's kind of when we first started talking about him, but um, yeah. I bet we'll you have to see for the spring game. I bet you, I bet you he and his dad are there. I mean, I'm going to go see my uncle, <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't have to, uh, it's not going to conflict with some NCAA violation. I'm going to see my uncle. He's a coach there. Come on. Yeah. 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 No, I'm, I meant for the official stuff. I don't know. I know it's been weird with like rules, not able to talk to him personally or something like that. There's some weird <laughs> that I heard about some right. weird rules or something that I heard about <clears throat> that, uh, that, Dylan had some weird thing because, because of Donovan being there. But I think the plus of having Donovan being there just as a oh, kind yeah. of another recruiter and another reason for him to come uh, is there's a bigger positive than there is a negative to that, in my opinion. And I don't think it's that big of a negative. I just know that it was a little bit harder for him to be on these official visits and certain things that the coaching staff can and can't do versus where they could do with other stuff. Hey, the NCAA rules about recruiting are really weird and I think need to be modernized a little bit to some of this stuff and yeah. some of these special situations. Just scrap it, honestly. Just make it the same for everyone. Everybody. I don't really care. Right. Um, and so we'll, we'll see. I, I, I don't think Dylan, if you're smart, if you're a five-star recruit, you go to so many schools, you visit so many places that it's all becomes, it doesn't matter. I mean, it matters who's there. Um, but it does, it's not going to matter. Like, Hey, my uncle's at this one. Right. And he's not going to make that decision just based off that because who knows Donovan could be gone in, in a couple of years, depending on the performance of this team. So I don't know, but, uh, yeah, 
but spring practice look good. Uh, I want to go through some of the inactives and just get your take on that, Grandpa. We had uh, some inactives, not a ton. Uh, we had, let's see, we had Logan Smothers um, and Logan Smothers, Casey Thompson, uh, punter Jacob Hole, who I don't think is really in the running with Bushini still there, uh, Nick Heinrich and uh, Blaze Gunnarsson, who all were um in the yellow which is the injured jersey for practice and that kind of stuff so there oh and and marquis buford i should say um what are your do you think that's a big problem did you see anything for i was watching a little bit of film what did you see from the quarterbacks that were able to play i don't know if you were able to see them actually uh throw but i watched jeff sims a little bit um and just saw what he could do they didn't really do a lot but they the the, the reporters couldn't be there for that long but what did you see from the, what what guys stood out to you specifically oh also i did want to say uh that rule said that he's going to be limiting thomas fedoni we talked about him last week uh throughout the entirety of spring practice just so he doesn't injure himself again so i think that's really smart on rules part he knows what a big part of the offense uh, fedoni's going to have to be next year and so anyway what are your what are your takes do you have any specific players that stand out i think, it, I think you? it's you know it's 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 way too early. I, I have not seen the quarterbacks uh, perform. I don't think they've even scrimmaged, so I don't know what you can tell no. that early. Uh, I wanted to. I wanted to get your reaction. Uh, Rule has said, and his staff have, have said that they're going to look for non-traditional players, and they're looking at track and field. What do you think about this kid coming in from uh, Idaho? Yeah, Gatlin Blair. Uh, I mean, when you run a 10 and 21 seconds in the 200, you're going to catch uh, a lot of attention. So, I mean, he also plays football, which is great. Like, you, if you're not just recruiting a track star, but he, he might be better at track than he is at football, which is saying something. But they uh, Rule talked about it, and we talked about it as well uh, when he was doing the – when we are going through their signing day stuff, that um, he just wants to recruit speed. Just speed, speed, speed yeah. on all this stuff, which I think is important. That's that's what you need in the game now. Like we saw Trey Palmer dominate. He was a good route runner. He's probably going to go in the third or fourth round of the NFL draft. Uh, he's a good player. I think he'll have a decent career in the NFL. But he was fast, which is what like yeah. he we could he blew the top off defenses. We looked at that with Purdue. We looked at that with Rutgers, where he has seventy five plus yard touchdown catches that turn the momentum of the game around. So I mean, you recruit speed. I'm not going to complain uh, if these guys can if these guys can run. And as long as they can catch the ball and not fumble and not make a lot of mistakes, I don't really care. And I think that's rules emphasis. He talked about just get better every single day. Uh, and also, uh, I don't know if you saw this. I was reading some articles. He has this tradition where you the player none of the players at spring practice are wearing single digits right? for their practice jerseys. And that is a rule tradition that he's had at Temple. He had it at Baylor. Dave Aranda kept it going at Baylor. I don't think he had it at the Panthers. I don't know. I didn't see if they said that in the article that I read. But he wants the players to earn that number. Like the one through nine, that is the toughest, most – like. The, like that is the epitome like that's the kids he wants to be the leaders he wants to these kids to look up to to be like to f these kids will just fight and scrap like i would imagine garrett nelson would be one of those guys if he was with rules team this year um so he, but they got to earn it he's not going to give it to him until the beginning of the season so we'll have to see but i thought that was really interesting and kind of shows rules mentality about this whole process of he wants to just keep these he said he wants to improve he just wants them to improve a little bit every single day. He doesn't care where they are right now. He just wants them to keep improving a little right. bit every single day. And uh, so, yeah, uh, what, what are your thoughts on that, on the culture no, that I, he's kind of building? I, I think that's 
I, I don't understand. I, I know what you're saying about the single digit numbers, but if I'm if my number's been 24, and I, I, then I I don't I don't amount to the I don't I'm not equating the first through nine players. I don't I'm not sure. Oh oh yeah. So basically, what he's doing is the 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 one like one through nine is kind of he doesn't like no one's wearing that during practice right but it's just it's something they have to earn it's like you you have to sweat for this you have to work for it like it's just building that mentality of linemen i'm not going to wear a number one jersey anyway well i understand i know i I understand what you're saying um but he's just going to be like hey if you want this it's there for you i think is what but i think those these kids uh, um i was reading an article i think uh marquis buford was talking about it because he wears number six i believe Uh Um, and so he was talking about, he was like, okay, like this is an odd, like it, he's built it. It's like, it, it's an honor thing. I don't think you and I can really understand it as much as these guys do as much as the players actually do. Um, just because of it, it like, as you said, it doesn't make sense. If I want to be, if I've been 24, my entire career, I want to be 24, which I think he's not going to say, Hey, if I give you a single digit, I want you to switch numbers from what you've yeah, been yeah. going with. If they want yeah. that number, I think they can keep it. But, um, he just wants it. It's a, it's like a, uh, it's a, it's a medal of some, it's like a, a honor to the, to these kids right. to wear this uh, single digit Jersey. So it's just a, uh, it's, it's kind of the mentality that rules brought in, I guess on a bigger scope uh, is what I found interesting about it is that uh, he's just been, you have to work for everything. Nothing is going right. to be given to you. You have to work for it. I don't care what you've done before I got here. Show me what you can do now. If you, if you're, if you're not up to what, if you, if, I mean, like, uh, as I said, Heinrich Harburg, you thought he might have a chance with rule coming in. I'm sure he does. Um, so we'll see where that goes, but We're uh, I think we should wrap it up here. here. Yeah. How many people do you think are going to be at the spring game? They sold 45,000 tickets already. How many do you think? I mean, I mean, I think it depends on if you and I show up, I think that they're going to sell about 10,000 more tickets <laughs> if we show up. So, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't, I mean, I want to say upwards of 50,000, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, well, Grandpa, thank you for taking the time to yeah. talk to me today. That was a lot of fun. I hope that was insightful for you guys listening. We will be back next week with more spring practice stuff, uh, more baseball stuff. And uh, yeah, tell your friends, tell your, tell friends. your enemies. I'm not going to forget. Uh, and most importantly, go big red. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys next week.